हेलो All right, let me double check the audio. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm just going to my door. All right. Oh, we got T Woods in the background. Uh, but yeah, I was able to figure out the. I'm just going to save it to my computer. I have plenty of space. So uh, instead of the cloud, because that, that was taking forever, even for like three minutes we were doing before. And uh, this is going to probably be way longer than that. Just the tea, that's cute. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, this is the beginning of, fuck, I forget which episode. I think it's episode 18. Our first episode of the new year, which is not, I guess, well, Troy's out of town, unfortunately. Um, he's in New Orleans for a bachelor party. So... Uh, we have Cap, our guest from, do you remember what episode you were on? I do not remember what episode I was on, but uh, confirm me if I'm wrong. Am I the first recurring guest? No, our, well, yeah, or you're, you're the first of people in, like, that you know that have been on the pod. Our roommate David's been on multiple times now. Okay, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah, yeah I mean, if he would have, he was on the Christmas one. And then he was on the one actually before it as well. Um, and then he crashed one like like episode four or something like that. Uh, but yeah, he, he he lives with us, so that's that's yeah. So he's got he's got an unfair advantage. Yeah. Uh, but we're at, so Caps for our listeners that remember Cap. Uh, he lives in the Bay Area, so we're doing this remotely. Um, and the reason why actually is we're going to do something different for this pod. Um, as we talked about on the pod that Cap was on with us, I think it was called Rats in the Shadows. It might have been episode eight, actually. Um, part, Cap's a huge stoolie, and as far as podcasts go, I am more of on the Joe Rogan side and fan of people that go uh, on his show and, and uh, come on. Or I guess people he's boosted in, uh, like his comedian friends and all that. Um and this week, a bomb dropped where Dave Portnoy was actually on Joe Rogan. So those two, those two worlds collided. The two networks collided. So Calf and I thought it'd be fun, uh, especially as Troy's gone to. What would, what do you think we're going to call this? Like I actually couldn't. I guess it's more of a, a breakdown, not really a debate. Yeah, right? exactly. There's, there's really not much. There's, there's nothing to debate. And we'll yeah, get into yeah, yeah. that in a bit. But it's just like, yeah, I mean, because that was, I found it interesting. That was actually the first episode of Joe Rogan that I've ever listened to. Yeah. Um, but I think, no, I think it's just, it's a breakdown. I think of the episode and kind of just the comparison of the two individuals. Yeah. Because while yeah. they both have kind of like a, a larger than life presence in a sense, they're both so different on so many levels. Right. I think that's kind of what adds some of the uniqueness of both of them. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think a breakdown of the episode and then, yeah, I, I, cause I think on the first show, I don't know if you remembered kind of the crux of the conversation was we were comparing how Joe Rogan's network and his podcast has grown versus Dave Portnoy's um, in Barstool basically. And how Rogan kind of went the more decentralized route where he had his own show and he invited all his friends on and other comedians or people he wasn't interested in, uh, you know, boosting their signal basically. But instead of kind of like, which he could have done at some point, forming his own kind of podcast network under like the Rogan umbrella, he just would encourage these people to go start their own show and kind of like work on their own operation. And they could kind of like mutually have each other on like like discuss guests to have on and like you know market each other's podcasts to just get more people into podcasts in general which then is mutually like beneficial to everyone versus barstool and portnoy he took so i guess the way that we kind of described that or i kind of described that is like that was the decentralized approach to growth versus barstool and portnoy was a bit different, albeit it's not like a podcast network solely. It's more like exactly. Um, I think that's the main point to start at is that Barstool Sports, and from what like they talk about the kind of the beginning with the delivering of the newspapers, and but Barstool Sports is no longer just a podcast network. Yeah, it's it's gambling. It's a gambling centric um, company. It's a media network now. Right. In the last two months, they've had their own college basketball invitational. And they hosted a, um, a bowl game where right. they had the rights to, they did the media, they did like the filming, they did the play-by-play, they, did, they ran every aspect of those games. And then under that umbrella, they also have their podcasts. So yeah. it's a very different kind of area. Right. And it is a little bit more centralized because it's kind of like what we said before, how a lot of the people that they're bringing in, they're not bringing in people and be like, oh, hey, why don't you try to start a podcast? No, a lot of people will have podcasts and say, hey, we want to grow under the barstool umbrella. And then if they get offered their bag up or somewhere else, or they want to go solo. Yeah. Dave always says, if you want to get your bag, go get your bag. Right. Like you talked about the call her daddy episode. Right. Um, which we yeah. Spoke about as well. Yeah. No, that we talked um, about that. Yeah. That, that was another kind of difference where, well, the reason why like a decentralized approach for Rogan and other comedians or other sort of like C-list celebrities were able to do this is because they had kind of a starting point versus it makes more sense on the barstool side of things to take the more centralized all under one company one kind of branded thing to boost the signal because kind of portnoy's genius is let's just take ordinary personalities and we'll we'll give them the brand of barstool but we'll, we'll introduce these people to the world that people could relate to uh and then you know enjoy their content essentially mm-hmm. and then if they kind of blow up at that point they could try to go off and do their own thing so like that was the benefit for why that worked. Um, and I guess the reason why this is interesting to compare mostly is because like Rogan and Dave, like their kind of rise to prominence in culture and also their success are, you know, arguably at the same level. Uh, I mean, who I guess is more successful is pretty subjective, but you know, they kind of all started from down here around the same time. They're of like around mm-hmm. the same age, Gen Xers or whatever. Uh, and the personality wise are pretty similar as far as like they're kind of these maverick figures, iconoclasts sort of who they're not afraid to speak their mind and, you know, go against the grain uh as far as like public they're with their public persona. And that yeah. that kind of fueled their both their rise. Um mm-hmm. just the 
big difference was kind of the the route the past they took that we just kind of discussed was like you know rogan was you know it was just him and his producer jamie and then you know bringing on all his friends encouraging them to have shows versus dave kind of did the more traditional oh i'm gonna incorporate this barstool network and almost treat it like a you know uh a sports what do you mean by what do you mean by incorporated well it's like it's just a traditional company uh I mean, not traditional company. It, it is a company where, like, the other people who are more of these indie podcasts that aren't underneath any sort of thing like Barstool are their just own, like, operations. It's the hosts, the producers, the editors. I mean, there's some other ones. I don't know if you've heard of, like, Gas Digital um, or I think actually Tom Segura is starting to kind of bring other like Danny Brown is kind of like working with Tom Secura now under his kind of podcast studio or something like that. Um, so people are also adopting like the barstool approach more and more as it stands today anyways. Uh, but what I mean by the difference is Dave, like we said, Dave, uh, established Barstool as a media company and said, if you want to work for here and try to like, see how, you know, if you could gain a following through the medium, that is a podcast, we are happy to brand you. We'll back you support you in any other way, but it is sort of under the constraints of you are like working for us versus all these comedians who kind of work together. That structure isn't there yet. They are still mutually trying to grow their operations. Like, like as far as the audience is going. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I think though also what's interesting as well. First off, my question about for Joe Rogan, besides his podcast, is there anything else associated with that brand really, or is it just the Jogan experience? And obviously, I mean, it's all UFC it's yeah, friends. it's all the other stuff he does, like the the UFC stuff, um, the comment. I mean, the comedian stuff is his like main. Fuck, I didn't change my goddamn name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that on the... Uh, let me do that real quick. Sorry. Also, if my eyes keep darting, it's because I have Titans plus six and a half and there's two minutes to go. Oh, no way. Wait, how do I do this? Do you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Click... Um... Oh, edit, rename. All right, here we go. This is going to be fun to blur out until that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, what I was um, saying is, yeah, I mean, J Joe Rogan's just kind of like a dude who does whatever he wants. I mean, all right, let, 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 let's come probably a good route to segue into. We kind of went over what we talked about before. But yeah, I think like you brought up, um, now that they were on the same podcast on JRE, the Joe Rogan experience, it kind of was eye opening. I don't know to you, to me, where it was like these two guys are sitting down they're in the same sphere of influence, like as far as like influential male figures around the same age, they took kind of two different paths to do it, but reached this like monumental level of status uh, and success doing it. But they contrast each other in like so many like core fundamentals. It's like kind of interesting, you know? Um, yeah. And I think though there was a good point in the episode. Well, first off, let me just say one thing. I thought, I didn't think it was a great interview all around. You didn't think I thought it was, I thought it was actually super boring. Yeah. yeah well, uh, I mean, I'll, okay. Continue. I'll get, I'll get into why in a little bit. Um, but one thing where I know like the big area where they contradict each other is that Dave has now seemed to kind of restrain himself a little bit. 
But he talks about it because he says that Barstool Sports was started to be a gambling um, newspaper. He went on these gambling sites. Um, they, they wanted to advertise. They wanted to get offline. So that's where he started. Mm-hmm. So eventually now he grew this into a massive gambling company and there's going to be some sort of regulations. And so that's, that, and so that's, and they're the ones who've made him the multi-millionaire right. that he is today. Right. So it's no. kind of like give and choose, especially in an industry like gambling. If you want to be as successful as him, you're going to have to have some sort of regulation on top of you because it is such a highly regulated yes. industry and go from there. Yeah. No, and that's that... where Joe, Joe was like, I, I gamble a little bit, but it's like he didn't know much about it. He thought it was, I thought that part of the conversation was very interesting. Right. No, that actually, I think you, I almost forgot. I forgot about that. That was kind of the whole point, by the way, of her first talk about this, where, you know, oh, uh, one did a decentralized approach to growing their brand and podcast versus other was like a more centralized conventional route. Mm -hmm. That's all interesting. But the, the whole reason we brought that up is for what you just said, where or, or they both have changed over time, but Dave seems, in my opinion, to have kind of been kind of more constrained by the empire that he built compared to Joe Rogan. Uh, and, well, it's two because it's two very different empires. Yeah. One, you're dealing with gambling, you're dealing with Penn National Gaming, who's like they have their own sports book, they have their own casinos now. Right. If you want to stay in that industry, you got to object by certain things. And even like Dave had a joke where he's like, I'm a very petty person. He yeah says, yeah like, no i have uh, let's, i could it's probably pretty good yeah no i have actually i have clips like uh it's two hours time. and 56 minutes in right no no, no i have the timestamps of that but we should probably start with that um so yeah so this is uh this is probably the last i mean this is very near the end of the podcast but um yeah. It was Dave kind of bring like reiterating that point where he can't become as unhinged because of the corporate uh, like acquisition and how it's just like been, mm-hmm. you know, an, an obvious change to how they used to operate in the past. But at least I also never knew that. I, you know, the there's that kind of sort of thought process that he, he played with. And also people that didn't, they didn't feel represented by someone who was ever in charge. And now this guy is, and it's their guy. And the, I always, that's the part, whether it's Tate, Trump, that is scary. And I'm sure you have this. Like, I've been accused of shit that is just patently false. I feel like I've done an unbelievable job of having evidence and proof that's false. But I also know my audience is so attached to me. If I said I didn't do something, they'd believe me regardless. Well, you're an honest person. Yes, but. You're not a perfect person. You're an honest person. hundred percent. And you're honest about that. Yeah, I've always been, but well, I guess my point was it once you eh, maybe not because this I've established my, the audience. What they don't people don't need to like you. There's a lot of people that like all kinds of stuff that I don't like, and that's okay. But the problem is when people don't like someone like you because you represent masculinity, you represent gambling and sports and girls and money, and they don't like that. They don't like that. So they just like ah, like the and, automatic instinct. Instead of just going, ah, that's not my thing. They just like, we got to take that guy down. And then, of course, when someone, that's their job. Their job is to write hit pieces. And those hit pieces get a lot of clicks. And that's what they're, that's their industry. It's, that's what they do. That's what their job yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's the arena. I mean, yeah. I, it, the shocking part is just, again. It's, it's shocking I, because we've never done it before. And now all of a sudden you're in the middle of it. And as an independent person, which you are, 
it's a, a rare spot where someone gets as much attention as you do and has as much power and influence as you do, but you're completely unconnected. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. And that's what's scary. That's where it gets wild. Yeah. To a degree. I mean, we are right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I still deal with like, I've always said for people who don't like me, the best thing that ever happened was we became this gambling company or associated because I, <laughs> I can't be as unhinged or, like right. I, I I can't go after people in the manner I would like to I have to stay away for the <laughs> most part. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I, no, it keeps me up because yeah. you know I am a petty. I like person. gambling. Yeah, that's that was the part that it was like pretty clear because Joe's like kind of projecting his own way of uh, how he treats it. He's like, yeah, you're an independent person. You kind of like say whatever you want, which at one point Dave was more aligned with, but how it all kind of grew eventually you know what i mean like once yeah. they go like if they're a part of the public company there's all these stakeholders it's like all right you got to tighten it up you know yeah exactly and that's what and he, like even like the fact that he says like okay like yeah i because if you go back to some of like his old shit like he said he's a very petty person he wouldn't let shit go and he would like continue to harp on it until he like either proved his point like got his way or whatever but now it's just like he said it's like you know what I, I can't do that anymore. And, but also, like Joe said, he goes, it's probably good for you. And he goes, yeah, it is. But he's also now multi multi millionaire because of it. So it's like, yeah, we'll right. take it. Right. It's, <laughs> it's just the like, there. yeah, it was, I found that fascinating because it kind of like summed up what we talked about where Joe still doesn't feel that because he never, I mean, he signed the Spotify deal, but it was under the strict conditions that he didn't have to change because of like a corporate. Sign but it. a Spotify deal, but I, I don't think it's a corporate thing. I think it's a, a corporate thing in the industry that they're involved in. Spotify, right. that's fine. When you're dealing with gambling and you're dealing with the gambling legislators and the government, not just the company, it's a lot different. And that's where I think it kind of gets yeah. up, like it comes together. In a but, different way. but there's another element to it. And this is kind of goes back to just who there is people, I think, where Joe doesn't mind if he loses it all versus dave probably is a bit more concerned or at least that's what i get from the personality sites which they they actually kind of talk about in this episode we'll get to that later but first i wanted to bring up another couple of clips that were kind of we i mean we, we touched on it um before but the first one relates kind of the same point uh where uh it's i thought this was a good example of also how kind of the self-censorship works as those centralized networks like Barstool grow to have more popularity. Because we talked about this on the first episode where I kind of claimed that, uh, you know, originally you you had, I think, like even scandals of like Big Cat had some blog posts like making fun of fat chicks or something. And now it's yeah. like they totally disavow that kind of behavior, even though it's, you know, it's arguably acceptable to say it's not nice but is it something that yeah. you should self-censor but as their brands have grown they felt the need to do that more in this in you know being tied to this like you said this pretty this machine of a corporation that is publicly traded in the gambling world and they have to like wash their feet versus rogan as much as people have want to censor him he hasn't like compromised yeah. his behavior yeah, like at most he'll just like release apology videos or something um, online. But but there's a clip I think where, where Dave talks about. But it's it. also though for Joe though, he 
him, his responsibility is to his brand and his brand is himself. Right. Dave's responsible for a lot of people that are working under him. And it's not just the bot. It's, it's the, the, the fourth story that they got there at headquarters. It's the business people upstairs. Right. It's no, you're, you're totally it's, right. It's a lot more. Yeah. You know? you, no, you're totally right. And that's a huge difference, like in their personalities, which we'll, we'll we just haven't really got there yet, but we, I'm sure we will. And they, there's good examples of this episode too, where you could tell because Joe is just him and Jamie, like he just doesn't give a shit yeah, about give a shit. certain things that he say that Dave is more uh, conscious of, rightfully yeah. so. You know, there are certain times that he'll say something. He's like, ah, I want to say that, but I'm not going to. Let me like figure out how to rephrase this. Right. <laughs> but but first, let me talk about how the uh, or let me show how Dave introduces uh, this kind of change in in the bar it's 143.20 remember that it ends at 145 addictive and then there's uh these like pool commentators that are just the uh, fucking amateurs they're terrible and they're, they talk too much and then there's guys like jeremy jones it's amazing and I, I can't wait to listen to him or earl strickland but the guys who are bad they ruin it like i just turn the volume down i don't even want to hear them talk they talk yeah. they're stupid they talk too much yeah they don't know what they're doing you know it's just it's just if it's good, but if it's good, it'll 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 resonate. People will like it. If it's not, it won't. I and mean, that's what it's supposed to be all about. That's what people are supposed to have the freedom to do something that other people enjoy. And that's the most unique thing about this time is this time. You don't have to have any qualifications. You don't have to have any background and broadcasting from a specific institution or any of that. You just be yourself. Do your thing. And even us. When we've hired people from networks, it's crazy. First, the internet, the network people generally flame out with us a little bit because they want, they're, they're expecting like a producer to be like, you got to do this, this is set up. Where people who are kind of born from the internet, they've gotten on our radar or wherever they are by just doing it themselves. Yeah. Like you don't need anybody really. You know, I always, that drives me nuts when people apply for us and like, let I, I can do this, I can do that. It's like, you don't need us. You should have like a library that I can just go watch you. Like you don't, why do you need Barcelona? You don't need anything. It's right. so easy to create your own content without any help really. But they'd like to be connected with Barstool because Barstool is a brand that also has a, a gigantic following already attached. So they know if they hook up with you, they'll get an audience. We can be the gasoline. Yeah. So we can blow somebody up. But if you don't have it and you're not motivated, like, the example that I've given, Call Her Daddy, which I think is second to you on Spotify. Uh, do you know that? Are you you blank? You're giving me a blank, like you don't. Oh have... fuck! I think that was the wrong one. <laughs> but that... <laughs> that's a good point, also. And I like. When yeah, I yeah, yeah. I agree because literally, I would. I wish that there was a podcast that Dave canceled, which ironically was the Dave Fortnoy show, where he would talk about stuff like this, and he would be like, "Listen, I will never say no. If you want right. to do something, go fucking do it." But don't be saying, oh, I need producers. I need this. Fuck that. Find a way to do it. Yeah. Your success. And then if you need additional resources afterwards, come back to me. Right. No, that, that yeah, that clip, I feel like it, it, it best showed. That's exactly what we talked about, where Barstool will support their people and give them all the resources to succeed as long as, like, they're actually delivering. Uh, but that's the constraint. The problem is, is there a lot of the ways in the past they used to do is you know some of the people they had would say more you know outrageous kind of things to get the clicks and that is kind of less tolerated 
now. So they have to be a bit more careful. Um, and that, that was the original clip I wanted to show, but I got the time fucking wrong. Um, 134.44, that's what it is. All right, this is fine. Fuck are you? Right. Like, what, 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 imagine a world where that guy's your best friend. Well, that is, so of all the people have come at me, and, and a lot of people say it, so you can take it kind of with a grain of salt. If someone writes a hit piece, someone, I, I always say, let's sit down. I'll bring my cameras. You bring yours. Yeah. And we can both do whatever. Nobody ever has taken me up on that, ever. And now that's Isn't that an, interesting because that takes away their power of ever, editing. Ever. They love to be able to edit and take your stuff. And you context. can just see how their body language is yes. and whatever because and I see I, who they are. Correct. Yeah. And, because I'm confident. I, I know there's things I've said that, you know, with time, culture, environment, they don't come across. I would have worded differently, said different jokes, whatever. But I'm comfortable with I, I've never I always got a kick out of it. there's there's accounts that hate me. They deleted their entire like Twitter profiles. This went back like delete everything. We've never delete anything, really. It's all out there. You want to find it, it's there. But I'm comfortable with who I am. So if you have this big problem with me, wouldn't you want your subject to sit and be like, open book, you can do it live, you can do all the footage. They never do it, of not course, once. Because they're not trying to have an objective analysis of who you are. And you get to see them. Yeah. Like you get to see what type of person, how they are. Are they normal? Are they not normal? Do they squirm? They and never they know it. your base will come for them. Yes, that too. It, which I, We've had that. People have criticized me for that because there is a theory out there and I'm sure they say it with you that I have a responsibility because we have this base. So if I say, so somebody throws a jab at me on Twitter, says something, I have the responsibility not to respond. If it's an individual that's not connected to a no, media. Or, no, they say anybody. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I say. Because that person is also has a base. That person has a platform. That and person Twitter has a megaphone. Is a public square. You're tagging. Yeah. You're saying, like, I don't have to bite my tongue. Even within Barstool, people feel differently. They're like, well, don't do it because it does reflect you know, you can't control everybody. And we do have idiots who will say stuff that's too far over the edge. Yeah. How do you stop that? You can't. But at the same time, I'm not just going to let someone go there and take shots at me. It's like, that's not my nature. It's never been my nature. So that's sometimes I've tried to be a little better with it. <laughs> so, yeah, that I thought was a good example where he basically addresses that as they've grown, people will hint to the Barstool employees that they have to be basically self-censored. I mean, self-censored is like the harshest way to put it, but be a bit more careful with what they broadcast because they have this rabid base versus if you don't, you know. But it's, it's also, it's a brand thing now. It's a brand thing because kind of like what I said before, it's not just the one person. Like, who gives a fuck? It's Jonah's producer and, and that's their brand. Yeah. You're looking after the livelihood of a bunch of other right. X, Y, and Z. And you now are 100% owned. I think I think it's 100 now. I might have just it's, or it's happening soon by a publicly traded stock and a right. publicly traded company. So you owe that to the shareholders. Right. So that's so it's, that, it's, that's it's, the it's, big it's comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the big trade off though of the path is you know you are able to grow and become what you are for reasons you can't practice now because of those trade offs where oh shit, we're now this big influential company with a rabid base. We have to, you know, walk on eggshells versus Rogan. Same thing. He's I don't, really, I, really... But I wouldn't say it's walk on eggshells. It's let some, of the, let some of the smaller things go. 
Okay. Don't respond to every single thing that comes at you. I mean, they but, can... no, but I agree. I, I agree with you completely, though. With what you're saying, like, it's kind of what we talked about last time. Where it's like, yeah, there's two ways of doing something. Yeah. And they each have their pros. They each have their cons. But yeah, like when the Joker thing is, he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say that to that person. But he doesn't have the um, fiduciary responsibility. I think that's the right word. And if it is, right. I fucking nailed it. Um, <laughs> well, no, he, yeah, he doesn't have that. He's not. He's not. Uh reporting to anyone you know and and i mean technically now he kind of is to spotify but he also but if, he ha- lost, if he lost spotify he would just produce his own thing exactly he doesn't he, he, would, he, he doesn't make money off, right. he'd make money off sponsors it's 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 right it's so a he, lot he, different than being a publicly traded company where right. you have now adver- advertisers you have x y and z coming in it's easier it's a, for the, Arsenal's a corporation now. It is. Yeah. So it's easier to go for Rogan to go backwards because he never really went forwards because he just remained exactly. him and Jamie versus Dave. He incrementally increased the size of this operation, which it's like if so we want to go, media, it's a full on media yeah. game. You, you can't you can't unwind that. So you're basically forced to be like, all right, we're gonna bite the bull every now and then. We might not want to uh you know succumb to the whims of like the cancel culture mob mm-hmm. but just because like you know and i don't have to look at this. um so dave he said the second he is done with barstool completely he wants to go to td garden in boston people can record and he wants to have a night of hate where he's going to go uncensored go through the list of people that he fucking hates um, give reasoning and ha- and he doesn't care because at that point his fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders to Barcelona everything is done and he goes I will sell out that arena in probably 10 seconds and yeah. I don't disagree with that and he goes I'm not gonna have a script I'm just gonna get up there and I'm, I'm not gonna have notes I'm just gonna talk yeah and I'm just gonna let it all out so yeah. he acknowledges that he's censoring himself but I don't think he cares because that because he's built a me- I would call it a media empire but he's built a large media company starting from delivering newspapers like we said well, I don't think yeah. he's as aware because he's more focused on the game that is basically growth of Barstool, you know? Uh, and if, you know, he's a, he's a business guy versus Brogan as an artist. Maybe we should just go into the kind of the comparison because that's kind of where we're getting at now. Okay. Like, pull up the slides. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull up the slide because <laughs> this is what I kind of wanted to focus on for this, like, breakdown was... Okay, so they they took these two different paths to success and they run these big influential media operations. Joe's obviously drastically smaller. It's just him and his producer versus Dave. They arguably have the same, if you know, same massive reach. Um, but like after listening to this, I was my mind was blown when I thought about who these people are and how it explains why they would take those different paths. And I tried, I tried my best to analyze it and break it down. I want to get your uh, opinion on it. So I have a slide. Um, ah, shit, dude, I am just. <laughs> uh, all right, so I have to. Sh- this is going to be a mission to share between the slide and then share between the clip. But we're going to make it happen. Right, here we go. All right, can you can you see that? Okay, so yeah, I mean it's it's uh the top in the non-colored text are kind of just like background points that I, I think don't are think necessarily grew up wealthy. Yeah, okay, that's right. Let's just go. Let's just go through them. So they're both from Boston. Uh, Rogan 
his background's more in MMA and like extreme sports. Uh, he even talks about that. Uh, I don't know if you want to watch that. Actually, that'd be kind of cool to start off with. Did you did you catch that in the the podcast? Their their like origin stories. Uh, I I was listening. I kind of listened to Joe. I, I knew Dave's. Um, let's just let's just play those because people might not have heard them. Those were like you know. High How'd you get into that? Ah uh, man, um, well I was bullied like most people. You know, got didn't know how to fight. I was scared, and I was like, I need to learn how to fight. And uh, I joined a martial arts school and, and I just got obsessed with it because that's early like that. The reason I'm asking that's before the trend of MMA. Yeah, but martial arts had always been around. And, you know, I was a big Bruce Lee fan, Chuck Norris fan, <clears throat> watched a bunch of those movies and shit. And I, God, man, amazing to do that. How, how cool would it be to be able to do that? And then I watched a bunch of kickboxing matches and I got into it. And then uh, coming home from a Red Sox game. It's a crazy story. Um, I would already been taking karate a little bit but it was too far from my house. It was hard to get there. My parents didn't want to drive me. And uh, this place was right off the tee. Um, so I was uh, at Fenway Park with a buddy of mine, went to see a baseball game. And then I was like 14 or 15. And when we were walking home from the baseball game, there was so many people waiting in line for the tee. You know how it is. After yeah, yeah. The game. yeah. So we decided to uh, just fucking walk upstairs and see what this uh, Taekwondo school was all about. And as I was walking up the stairs, I was hearing this sound and it was like, whoop, cheek. like it was, whoop, cheek. and what it was, was this guy kicking this heavy bag and the bag was flying and the kachink was the chains that was holding the bag. And I got up there at the top of the stairs and watched this guy, John Lee, who was the national champion who was training for the world cup. So he's had it is peak of training and he was doing a, a spinning back kick over and over again into this heavy back. And I remember watching it and I could not believe what he could do. I couldn't believe the power that this guy could generate in that kick. And he became like a mentor to me. And uh, this guy who was like this wild street guy from Chelsea, Massachusetts, who was this elite Taekwondo fighter, like he wasn't like, you know, like bow, like he was mm -hmm. like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing, man? He was a funny dude. He would like eat food right before he fought. Ah, fuck these people, man. I'm gonna fuck these dudes up. He was a street guy who was really good at martial arts. I mean, he bowed and said yes, sir, to everybody and all that stuff. But when people were not around, he was just cool. He was yeah. hanging out. He had drug problems. There's a lot going on. But in that moment where I saw him, he was in the he was 27 years old. He was in the prime of his career and he was the elite of the elite. Right. That's how you got hooked. I got hooked. Hooked. Hooked line of sync. I, I went there the next day. So that was like the yeah, I don't know if it that that's basically the Rogan origin story, which is also interesting because mm. you could just tell the way he talks about it. It kind of hints at what he values, which is like more like the commitment to the martial art, you know, like this guy was just like fucking wailing on some bag. Uh, and whenever he talks about any other fighting now, it's the same ever since that, that instance. No, he's very, very clearly obsessed with UFC and fighting. And I actually found it to be kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> Dave, says, Dave says at one point, I'm a casual fan. I watch the big fights. They probably could have cut that episode in half of the dumb UFC shit they talked about. Yeah. And Dave is kind of just like going along with it. And it's like, 
if you want to get like the energy and like reactions out of Dave Portnoy, you can't talk about things he doesn't know. Right, right. <laughs> but so, okay, so, let's. If it's two let's, hours and twenty-two minute mark. You finally get some emotion when they start talking about the um, Tyson Fury stuff. Yes, but then which Jokin is, gets so defensive. He's yeah, like, dude. Well, Jokin's well, like, no matter what, he's like, yeah, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And Dave's like, I, I I've seen fights. I, I've called the last two Canelo fights. Right. He's not a boxer. So, so we'll and get to Jokin that. Just refuses to be wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll we'll get to that. But I first want to, I wanted to play the Dave Portnoy origin story because he, I mean, for anyone who hasn't, who don't really doesn't really know who he is, because he also kind of go over that in this episode too as far as Barstool, uh, like how he founded it, which is pretty interesting. And uh, you already hinted at with like the whole paper route, but. I kind of quit when I started my paper route. We had a uh, cigar company called Honeys, something Honeys. So it used to be a paper and I delivered it. And it was like our first advertiser. I'd smoke when I drove the Astro van. I got so high and I was just done with them. When was this? Uh, 2004. You had a paper route in 2004? Barstool started as a newspaper. So I used to like hand it out and. We had those little news racks outside subway stations for 48 hours. I just jump in my Astro van and fill the news racks, drop them in bars throughout Boston. Really? Yeah, that's how it started. That's how you started? Yeah, it's newspaper. Wow. Yeah. So okay. your own newspaper. Yeah. Wow. I'd wake up like 4 a.m., go to the subway, hand it out to people like walking by me and just scream at them, like take the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the motivation to do that? Like, so how did you get the idea? I was always into gambling and I, so I had a normal sales job. I always knew I wanted to try my own thing. Flew out to Vegas, met with like the casinos. They're all like, you got to be a dealer. You got to start at the bottom. I was like, I don't want to do that. Talked to offshore casinos and said, how do I get involved? And they all said, at the, the internet at the time I did this, if you went to a gambling site, fireworks, pop-ups, look like you're getting your credit card stolen. They actually said, get us off the internet, put us in a physical newsletter and we'll advertise. So I sold like, a year of advertising before we launched and it was a gambling rack. It was like a four page newspaper, but I sold the advertising and it allowed me just to morph. So like during the course of the year, we slowly moved strictly away from gambling to more like men's interest, like girls and things like that. That's how it started. Wow. So when you were into gambling. So uh, yeah, that was the Dave Portnoy origin story, or at least the barstool part of it a part of me was kind of shocked that like how does joe not know this and not do his research beforehand but then also it's like he has so many people on yeah that's part of just the conversation i guess so like because i personally said like how the fuck does he not know this but then again it's like all right michael take a step back you know almost everything about that man like yes and also this guy's talking to Portnoy today he's talking to fucking uh Nancy Pelosi tomorrow. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just a wheel. So that, yeah. <laughs> that was. I mean, not also, a reality check. Me, I was like, I might like calm the fuck down. Also, his style is kind of like he doesn't part of like he kind of he only does research for certain people where it's like he has to be literate in whatever it is they're talking about, like the complicated scientist or financial people, or whatever. If it's someone like Dave Portnoy, where they just kind of have a good story, I think he prefers to almost not do it so he could give those genuine reactions on the show type of type of thing. Also, yeah, that absolutely. that part of it, I didn't even know that that paper route was a thing. Like, that wasn't a straightforward Barstool history thing. When you walk into the Barstool office, which I have, no big deal, uh, <laughs> in, like, the lobby, they have one of the original, like, probably, I think they say it's the first one of, like, a newspaper stand. It's like Barstool Sports, like, where you grab the papers from. Right. But it all goes back to their uh, to their roots. But yeah, I thought those two clips were cool because 
like going back to like comparing these dudes, like it shows their starting points were completely different, right? Like Joe is this poor kid in Boston and Dave was more like you and I, he was kind of, he was part of the system, wealthy, upper middle-class dude um, from Boston who went to university of Michigan. And he had the same kind of inclination. Anyone from that demographic background would have, uh, which is like, Oh, I don't want to be doing sales my whole life. Like let's, what what is my passion? Yeah, but I, I exactly. I feel like a lot of people, though, if they're depending like where they're coming from, they're not going to make the moves necessary to go after that. Where he goes, "F this, I'm quitting my job. I'm starting something from the bottom, and I'm just going to bust my no, ass." No, that's not that's not shade. Like he was more privileged, and that's a bad thing compared to Rogan. I'm just saying, it's a clear difference, and how that translates to why they would make the decisions they do to grow their empires. I think is, is pretty significant, you know, like it's not yeah. a coincidence that going to Michigan sort of kind of uh, having that, Oh, I don't want to do this my whole life. I, I, you know, uh, I grew up wealthy and I was around these types of people. Like what's the best path for me versus Rogan. He grew up poor. He literally just wanted to become a good martial artist. That's all he cared about. That's all he was obsessed mm-hmm. with how his decision-making would just sort of focus around what his art form was, right? Uh, And then whatever kind of happened that was any sort of like auxiliary success because of it would just, you know, would be kind of like a a bonus. But but yeah, so those are kind of the big differences that we've already touched on where they're both Boston guys. Uh, Joe Rogan, he like was, he's more of an MAA slash extreme sports specialist versus Dave is obviously focused on team sports. Rogan grew up poor he didn't go to college and he's more of like an artist cloth like he's a comedian which is an artist I mean some people might say otherwise they're retards if he's a comedian then I could be <laughs> doing the best improv of anywhere in the fucking world hey I think that's so boring dude it's because he's, awesome, he, it's because he's doing a podcast when he's doing comedy it's a bit different by the way Dave is way more funny when he's not trying to be I think like so- I agree but it's also, though, and I have this in my notes, and it's actually a great time to get into this here. Dave matches the energy of the people that he's speaking with. Yeah. And so with Joe can be like, oh, Dave's something, oh, well, well, if you think about it, and then the circulations of the life of the metamorphosis, Dave's going to give kind of a response back in that tone. And then when they finally started talking about some stuff that Dave knew, and like he's getting some emotion, they started having some good back and forth. Yeah. So Dave, Dave is very, very good because Dave's. Keep in mind, though, Dave's. He does. He doesn't interview people, and he doesn't get interviewed usually. Like that's not like this is not his thing. Right. No, he, he, he does, does himself, and he just he's just kind of funny. Yeah. You know. Right. No. So I mean, Joe Rogan is a podcaster. He interviews people, but it's not yeah. of the same like mechanical structure that other net podcasts work by. Like especially the barstool ones. Um, it's just a hang and they, they yeah. chat and get to know each other, just like you would do if you invited someone over and you weren't recording. Um, yeah, but I also feel like, and I, and I mean, I've had this fault before, uh, like uh, Kyle's told me this too, where it's like, I don't ask enough questions about like other people. I felt like so much of this was Jogan just talking about himself and talking about MMA. So he didn't like ask Dave to me like real right. questions, like, <laughs> Some but of the I, more interesting things about Dave, and I think it would have been a good thing to talk about, the scandals. Yeah, um, I don't think he liked... pieces. Yeah. 
I mean, they, they touch on it vaguely. I think dude, Very it's, it's, just, it's because he doesn't sway from what made his show popular in the first place, which is to not do that. Like he started, honestly, he kind of started in a similar way as 40th Street. And no, no, uh, not to insinuate. <laughs> basically, basically the same. No, it's just like hanging with his friends and talking. And there was no purpose other than that. And an audience emerged because they just like they felt like they were hanging out with him. It wasn't really an interview. His podcasts aren't really supposed to be interviews unless he kind of deems that they're significant and they should be. But when he probably looks at Dave Portnoy, he's like, oh, this guy's like me. You know, he's just kind of a, a, a maverick figure that everyone likes and he's influential. Let's just like kind of try to get to know him because I didn't have the time to do it at the UFC match that I met him at, you know? So uh, I think that it's not like he's not trying to be a good interview i just don't even think he thinks of the the stat as that basically um but anyways so going back to kind of the more concrete ways they're different like i i was mentioning before brogan grew up poor didn't go to college and is comedian uh and Dave, on the other hand, he grew up wealthy. He's a part of the system. He went to in, in Michigan, and he's more of the business guy. So I think like these are two obvious ways to contrast the figures. Like Joe being more of the artist, I think he just kind of wants to do whatever he has to do to be able to practice his art and enjoy himself versus Dave. And so, and so that doesn't really, he doesn't really care as much about what people think so long as it doesn't prevent him from doing that, you know? Like, that's his threshold mm -hmm. for how much he cares. If, if you're, you could be talking shit to him, as long as you're not preventing him from him being able to go bow hunting or interview people or do his com 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 like comedic sense, then it doesn't really affect him. If you, if you are affecting him that way, I'm sure he would care just like anyone else would be. But Dave, mm -hmm. like, he was more like a white color background and he's like more of a business guy, which I personally think that's kind of like more of a signal that he's more of like a status seeker, which is also why he would want to kind of grow the empire in his way, I think. And in this interview, I just got the vibe like, Oh, this dude actually does care a lot about what others in this system of media or American culture think about him personally, uh, which is, you know, I think a huge difference of why you would see kind of Barstool being manipulated by like public pressure versus like Rogan. Yeah. Well, it's like we go back to the before. It's all about that fiduciary responsibility. And like we said, they're two very different people in that aspect. Yeah. I'm not saying one's necessarily better than the other, but it's just, it's different. Yeah. Know? No, there's a couple good examples of this that I want to show you. Uh, so the first one was the make a wish reaction where Joe is basically just going off like how he would, where he's basically telling Jamie to like pull shit up and <laughs> like Portnoy's like kind of having a panic attack. Like, Holy shit. What are people going to think as far as I don't think it, no, cause that wasn't during make a wish. That was during the wounded warriors thing. And the reason no, also, sorry, was... I'm kind of, it's, it's kind of long. I was, was going to go through all that. If yeah. But no, because the, the first they thought it was make wish, then they got that wrong. But it was during Wounded Warriors, and Dave's being careful there because Dave does a shit ton of work with with vets, um, with active Army and Navy people. Like he employs a bunch of them. They have podcasts. They do a ton of work with that. 
And so he wouldn't want to do anything. Obviously, it's going to jeopardize not only that relationship and make him come off as being to those people that he's been helping, being like, "Fuck that!" Right. You know? all right. Let's let's just so, watch which, it. But that's also part of the, uh, yeah. yeah. That's part of that company. Um, yeah. Let's just watch it because I I, you protect, I think yeah. I think like you're totally right. It's part of that. But I think well, also if you just listen to them and kind of get their attitudes toward this uh, investigation into charities. Joe is so much more nonchalant while Portnoy, you're, you're right. And, and this is where it's appropriate. It's like Joe probably should be like Dave here. Like his reaction shouldn't be as nonchalant where it's like, oh, fuck. Like uh, you don't want to bury Make-A-Wish. Like that's what uh, they kind of talk about. <laughs> so it's pretty funny, but I'll, I'll pull it up right now. Obviously, anytime you say do charity, it is self-enhancing, but we've done a ton of charity and it started, we did it with um, Boston Marathon. So we were in Boston at the time of the bombings. That's the first time we did it. And we don't, really ever give our money to anybody else we control it we give it direct to the people because of what you said like i don't trust charities for the most part. yeah there's just too much overhead mm -hmm. i mean when you give to charities there's a there's a list of charities that you can find online where like you can see what their overhead is and how much money actually gets to the people and it's a very small percentage yeah. in most of them what's like the lowest charity in terms of like the worst charity for like you give them money and how much of it actually goes to the charity. Cause some of them are pretty good, but man, some of them are shockingly bad. Like, you know, 10%. Yeah. Like, which is crazy. You know, when you got executives making six figures and yeah, it, it, well, it becomes a business. It's yeah. No like charity. Yeah. That's real common though. Like a lot of people freaked out when the black lives matter, people were buying mansions and shit. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah. rightfully so. Oh Make my God. Look at this. The Yikes. name game, a very commonly known and respected group is the make a wish foundation. This organization spends the vast majority <laughs> of its donations on children, kid wish network. However, it spends only three cents of every dollar collected on kids but their website and solicitations are designed to look and sound like Make-A-Wish. In fact, they count on confusion to gather contributions. What? Do, do we just bury Make-A-Wish? I hope not. Kids Wish Network. Okay, so this we're is We're not burying Make-A-Wish. Make All right, we're going to skip ahead because uh, yeah. they kind of blab for a bit. But this is the... the yeah, because you get something in the mail, Kids Wish Network, like, oh, I want to help these kids. And you may think it's Make-A-Wish. Yeah, which is a great organization. Great. Yeah, it's... Uh, which we almost just buried. Well, it's because it's, it's, it's the two different people. Dave cares to an extent. He just does. And Joe yeah. doesn't. And that's like, it, it is what it is. Right, but this that's is like, why... Because Joe's path is just him and Jamie. He doesn't have to be as considerate. It, it, you know? and I, and I, exactly. And we, yeah, we keep just going back and forth on this. Like, yeah. not even, it's just different examples of it. It's 100% true. But that's also, that's just very funny where Dave's just like, oh, I'm wait, 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 hold it real quick. Like, I have one off the top of my head. I don't want to say it because I. Wait, that, that was a good part. Like the Red Cross. Like, how much of the money, like, if you donate to the Red Cross, how much of it actually goes to charitable interests? Do you care about anything you say? Well, well. <laughs> I don't want to say it because I, I've heard many times that it's not great with donating, but I'm afraid to say it. Like, what is that? The Red Cross is proud that an. But yeah, that's like. I, I knew you were going to put that up. That dude, that's that picture perfect. Like, yep. the di clear difference of Joe, he's just always 
oh, it's a microphone, it's Jamie, I'll kind of just say whatever I want. Versus like you were bringing up before that clip, the whole time Portnoy's like, fuck, I don't want any of this taken out of context. My big exactly. organization- well, There's also so much of Barstool shit and his, they're taking just clips. Yeah, yeah. And they talked about too when he's like, listen, like for the scandals, I'll bring my cameras, you bring yours. And then Joe goes, yeah, it's the power of editing because now you're taking it away from them and they can't do it. Because yeah. they've, been, they've been burned by that so many times. We talked about an HBO crew came in to film a documentary. Right. And they said it was going to be a documentary about Barstool, specifically like women empowerment and all that. So I know like they didn't talk about this in the thing, or they talked about it a little bit. Like they interviewed Rhea for like over two hours. They didn't use a second of her interviews in, in the film. And they turned it into a hit piece. And that's just the power of editing. So that's where he's like, I don't want any of this stuff to get taken out of context because people are going to react irrationally. Um, and that's just going to suck to have to, to deal with that. So yeah. that's why here Joe, uh, for Joe, though, Joe has the, um, the editing powers. Yeah, I, I don't even saying, think you know? it's editing, though. And I also don't think he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't give a fuck. I think it's just because he's never cared because he didn't have to because of he's just him and Jamie and it just kind of exploded. There was no calculated effort to change the way he did it, become more considerate because he was on a certain path. He just kept along his, I'm Joe Rogan. We'll see where this ends up. I'm just doing this because yeah. I like to talk to people type, type yeah. thing. Um, and when you do it that way versus port noise, like you're going to be less aware of the impact that you're having to the point where it's probably good because you remain, did you just fart by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I was curious if the mic was going to pick that up or not. <laughs> uh, oh, I heard that almost ignored it, but, uh, but <laughs> if you're, if you're Portnoy and the whole time you're getting this constant constant feedback of like uh oh fuck like how's the organization do then you're going to become you're going to have that muscle you're more sensitive to it and it's good in that instance where it's like like these are charitable organizations we do not want to bury them let's just clear that up you know mm-hmm. and also like he talks about it, he goes he says he's like charities suck he goes that's why like when we raise money we give it directly to the people and yeah. that's like when they uh wounded warriors or the boston bombing they found the families and they gave them money directly to those families when during the covid um crisis was going on and all the small businesses and they did the barstool fund he didn't just raise money to give to someone no they started their own charity and they gave millions and millions and millions of dollars to small businesses like they're they're cutting out that middleman because they don't want to trust other people right no i mean him doing that like being the maverick and it gives him that extra superpower which is good where it's like oh uh okay well if i have to be sensitive about getting it right i'm gonna actually get it really right you know and i'll take it into my own hands versus other people are more just posturing and they'll be like all right yeah we support all charities just give out the money type yeah. Type yeah. Um, but anyways that, i think that's clearly dave being more considerate and caring about how barstool is viewed i also think though in this podcast there's personal a personal level too where it's like dave cares a you know a lot about what people think him personally which is kind of interesting because I, I i mean i'm sure joe does to some extent but it does not seem as much um and there's one clip I'm, I'm a little mixed on that i don't think i don't think dave gives a fuck if you like him or not to be honest i think he's just censoring parts of himself for the betterment of the company and as far as the sports but i think okay. himself personally he doesn't care but okay. he knows that he has this duty yeah. to other people 
All right. Well, there's a couple, there's a couple clips, I think, that don't that more support what I'm saying. I don't think uh the take either way would affect Barstool as much, but it's sort of Dave like he comes off to me in these where he's like, oh, I want to just make sure I'm on the same page as whatever is popular, which that impl- I will say though, he also didn't fully seem like himself in this interview. Because even when they were talking about it and they start talking about Adderall, which right. first off, when he goes, oh, I just took a little bit. And then Joe's like, what's a little bit? And he goes, I don't know, 30 milligrams. <laughs> I was like, my jaw dropped because I, I take out, I mean, I don't take it like on the daily, but like I'll take it to party because I don't do other stimulants. Right. But it's like, if I took a 30, I would be bouncing off the fucking walls. Like I'll take a little fiver and I'll be feeling pretty good. Right. But like, that's a shit thing. Because he literally goes, he goes, they, his team says, don't take like that much because you're going to talk too much. So I feel like this was kind of like a feeling out exercise for Dave a little bit. Because yeah. it's he's usually not the he's usually the biggest person in the room. And there's not many people that could look at him like toe-to-toe like a Joe Rogan can. So I think he was kind of walking down eggshells a bit. I think if they had a conversation, and it's not like they're good friends. No. You know? It's not like a like I think this is like one of their first couple times meeting. Because yeah. even like on the old um Dave Portman show, like, no, like I'd always go on Joe. I I'd go on Joe Rogan, like I have no issues with him out of he goes, I don't really know the guy, but I have no right. issues with what he does. And if I got invited, I'd go on. Um, and so he's kind of got to like figure it out. You can't, he's not just come out, come out as guns blazing. Right. So, so I guess this clip though, it seems to me, you could correct me, maybe I'm wrong. It involves the Ukraine and like the war basically. And Dave kind of comes off like, fuck, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Cause I don't want people to hate me more than I don't want this to come off because it will affect Barstool negatively. Because this is, I mean, in my opinion, this seems totally unrelated to anything Barstool. I think it's more mm-hmm. Dave just not wanting any personal pushback. Let's just watch it and see if that's the vibe we get again. He's being attacked. Yeah. What is there something where the Ukraine is cracking down on the media? Somebody sent me something about the UK, uh, Ukraine trying to control the media now. Are we anti-Ukraine? No, no. Oh, why no. would they crack down on the media? Well, I think because of the war effort. You know, if the media is saying things like, oh, you know, Ukraine is corrupt or, oh, Ukraine has done this. <clears throat> Critics say a new media law signed by Zelensky could restrict press freedom in Ukraine. Lawmakers who passed the bill said it would help meet European Union conditions for membership. But journalists have denounced it as a move toward censorship. Oh, Imagine if you have to to join the European Union, you have to fucking, what is that? Some of the law's most stringent provisions were relaxed in response to the criticism. Serious concerns about the independence of the regulatory body remain. Domestic and international news media groups said on Friday, noting that they were still receiving details of the final 279-page legislation. The law expands the authority of Ukraine's state broadcasting regulator to cover the online and print news media. That's not good. Previous drafts gave the regulator the power to fine news media outlets, revoke their licenses, temporarily block certain online outlets without a court order, and request that social media platforms and search giants like Google remove content that violates the law. Well, you know, they're doing that over in America. I mean, we found out that because of the Twitter files. When Elon released all the Twitter files, they found that the United States government was actively trying to suppress the voices of certain people that were saying things they found disagreeable on Twitter. Yeah, to me, yeah, I, now I got attacked for this take. I said that was like a, and I get it, obviously, but I assume that was like a no duh to me. Like, that's what I expected. Yeah. So 
I think those that example where he is kind of immediately going like Joe is just flying by the seat of his pants. Like well, yeah, we've established that like seven times already. Joe doesn't give a fuck and will say anything. Dave right. has they've watched some stuff a little bit. It's just, but it's but two different ways of being I think the difference that. of the past ones to this one, this seems to me more he just personally doesn't want pushback. It has nothing to do with Barstool. He's like, oh yeah, I agree. But also Dave Portnoy is under a microscope a lot more than Joe Rogan is. Sure, but I mean, and I think he's probably just like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I'm not going to say anything here. Like, why um, would I get in the mud for something I don't really care about? It's like, but you so really, it's almost just, let's save it for the important stuff. Taking it, ready to comment on everything. Right. But taking like, just kind of saying statements like, are we anti-Ukraine or, oh, like having this reaction to him getting pushback for an Elon take, which dude, when he said that, it's like, like, there's no reason why you should be care that you're getting pushback for it because it's like, obvious you know what i mean like everything he just said is like duh yeah everyone else is thinking duh the only reason people are giving you pushback is because they're insane you shouldn't give a shit about it but how he prefaced it made it sound like he did care that he was you know uh getting the pushback from these random yeah but but i I think he does because honestly i mean call if you if every single thing that you said was looked under a microscope and every time you had a hot take you're just getting destroyed by people from all over the place. Like I'd be kind of, I'd be like, I'm just not going to comment on this. Like publicly, I don't care. Say what you want. Like, yes, I'm not speaking my free mind and just saying whatever I want, but I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> like I would say, sure. I'd get, I'd be, I'd get over that. Sure. But the, I guess as far as the context of this, like Joe, it's the same thing, but he doesn't do that. You know what I mean? He doesn't give yeah, a but shit. But also Joe, but Joe doesn't, isn't under, I think Joe and Dave are under completely Joe's- different scopes they're under the dude these guys are two of the most influential figure like all right let, put it this way but also okay let me let me just continue yeah. uh so who joe rogan and dave joe rogan has the biggest podcast in the world dave portnoy runs barstool sports which is this media network that has exploded over the past 10 years and who are the fans of both of those they're young men young people you know late teens to you know 40s which is arguably like the most influential cohort of people in any culture in any society as far as influencing what the standards of behavior are so you have these two guys that are having that massive of an impact it's pretty obvious that even though they're both a part of a different structure, Joe's more is a lack of it. He's just running his own podcast. They're both under a, of like any microscope because people are aware that that's what their influence is, you know? Yes. But it's like, if it comes to like, Oh, Joe Rogan just had a pretty crazy take. It's like, all right, it's fine. It's fucking Joe Rogan. What do you expect? Yeah. But Dave, Dave comes out with it. It's, it's a lot. I, I feel like it's a lot more like if Joe, okay. If Joe Rogan says something super controversial and like, it's not going to be like it's people are going to be talking about it. There, I, I feel like a lot of news news stories won't be picking it up that much. It's just like oh, show again. That's what he oh, does. I, I, He's a brash right. human yeah. being. Right. Whereas I think Dave you're right. Something super bad. He'll have to go on CNN and be like, no, let me explain that comment. Okay. And I think what you're confusing here, you're right about Joe. I think what you might be, you might be also right about Jay. But I think what you might be discounting is the fact that Dave's willingness to do that is he cares about what peace, people personally think about him because. He is more of a status. I, he, I really so don't wait, think let he me, does, though. Let, let, let me finish. So he's more compelled 
to correct the record. Like Joe, he could have all those same opportunities, but he doesn't give a shit as much. So he'll just, you know, pass them. Like, I mean, you even kind of said it before. If you were getting constantly blasted, this isn't a bad thing, by the way. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. this is negative either way. It's like, oh, if you one person cares more about what people say about them. It's just, it's interesting because if you extrapolate, oh, what is the person who care more about his social standing and uh, versus the person who's kind of less concerned about that? How could you expect their decision makings as far as what they would choose like for their careers and how they would grow their brands, what they would do? Well, I, I'd expect the person who's more status driven to pursue a more, I'm going to make this big media corporation that influences a lot of people and sort of puts my stamp on the culture versus if I don't give a shit, oh, I'm just going to start a little or a podcast that it might grow. It might not. I'm just going to talk to the people who I want to talk to and see what happens. And if I'm good at it, it might become big, but you know, uh, and I'm not going to compromise along the way because the whole point of doing that is not because I'm trying to become this like high status person i just want to do what i want to do so that's why i think it's 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 relevant yeah i mean i agree with that but i still don't think dave really cares that much about people think of him i, I truly and like he said before he goes i don't care like if you don't like me he goes like that's fine don't like me i don't care but he also says he's a petty person so I, <laughs> yeah. to me like that the petty person and the fact that if somebody comes at him he's not going to defend himself or he's going to come back at you Sure. So, but, but that's, but he's not coming yeah. back. He's not coming back at you. Like change your mind. Like, Oh, please like me. Okay. Okay. He might, you know, you might be right. And I, this is all right. where I'm coming from. He probably doesn't care as much as the way I'm putting it out to be, but I think relative to Joe Rogan, it's pretty significant is my point. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joe Rogan could walk into the, the middle of Compton and yell the N word. Yeah. <laughs> or say the N word on his podcast and be like, oh, Joe, so edgy. <laughs> people, yeah. if Dave did that, they'd be coming for his fucking head. They'd be boycotting outside his house. Yeah. No, yeah. You, I mean, yeah, right. It's, it's <laughs> just. I think I nailed that one on the head pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, now when I really think about it, it's like compared to the average person, does Dave give a shit? Definitely not because to do the things that he does and like to have taken the risks, you have to have a DGAF bone in you. I'm just saying in the context of this conversation, when you're contrasting the two figures, like Dave is way more considerate about his image and caring about it than Joe. But I think where we agree here is like, when we take a step back, does Dave Portnoy actually give a shit about what people think about him? The answer is still no compared to everyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to it, like what I was kind of explaining as far as Joe is less status driven than Dave, I think we also agree on that, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, so there was an itch, like a, Joe's also kind of, Joe's created his own status. Exactly. You know? But there's a funny, there's a funny point in the, in the, the, the podcast where they bring, or Dave bring this up when Joe is getting all that. The, Mas- the what? The Masvidal dinner. Oh no. No, no, no. It was when Joe was getting a lot of heat last year from COVID controversy. And basically in this part of the conversation, Dave is like, you could tell he is trying to get in like to Joe Rogan's shoes and and see, like, get past any facade if there is one and see, oh shit. Like if I was in your position, or or Joe, I would be freaked out, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, 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 be honest with me, were you concerned at all? And uh, 
it's coming from a place where I think Dave, because he's being honest, he's like, dude, if that happened to me, if I got that much in that or that huge of a pushback about being taken off Spotify and all this shit, I would freak out. Like, how did you respond? And and Joe kind of, well, I'll just play it. Uh, it was sorry, I have to. It was one twenty-eight forty-six. Did I share my screen? No, I didn't, huh? But this this is one of the more interesting parts where I think this kind of difference of how they view the personal image is like huge, because uh, it's it's Dave trying to get into Joe Rogan's head of like, if I were in your shoes, I would be very concerned. Like, how did you actually feel? Viagra, they make cancer medications at work. They make all these different things that are wonderful for people. All these different things that save people. But really what they're in the business of is making money. That's what they're in the business of. 100%. And when something comes along that, that fucking steps on their money, they don't like it. You know? Yeah. It, it, like, like I said, what for me, it, it was almost the bigger issue of how you... I was curious how you were dealing with it. Meaning, I'll just keep on keeping on. Just keep doing. It. Was there a, was it was that relationship ever close to being severed because of that? Or I don't no? think so. I don't know though. You know, I don't know from them. My relationship with them was always great and communicating with them. They stood by me the way they stand by rappers. And it was one of the things they said. Like think about all the shit that rappers say. But they stood by you for the same reason you're saying everything else. You make them money. Yes. Like they, still, they probably weren't standing by you because we think he's got smart guys. Joe Rogan, we like Joe. They're staying by you because you're the biggest podcast. In the a world. friend of mine who's a brilliant businessman said, you have the number one podcast in 96 countries. If you had the num number 96 podcast in one country, you would have been gone. Correct. Yeah. And that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's everything. Yeah. But that's that's why, for whatever reason, you know, I found myself in the position I found myself in. Like, that's that's who you are right now. That's mm -hmm. that's your your place in life. And you have to just be who you are. You can't change because of the pressure. You can't just decide to become a different person because there's all this pressure on you because you're scared. Right. Like then I'd quit. I wouldn't want to do it anymore. Then I would go do it for free. That's there was a point in time I was like, what would I do if I lost all of it? And I thought about it very carefully. And I said, I'll just do it for free. If I lost all my ads and all my advertisers, I would still have the number one podcast, but with no advertisers. Okay. Right. I'll just do it for free. I just uh, you know. Cut my uh, spending down a little bit. Still do stand. See, so that yeah, but that's different though. But that's so different because a he already has a bag. The bag. B like you said, I was going back to doing my stand up, and like it's it, it, he doesn't have anything to lose there. Right, you know? but I he's think too it, big to fail. Exactly, but I think he's being genuine. Where if Dave was in Joe's position, I don't know if I I don't get the vibe he would say the same thing like or, or at least he might say the same thing to appear like he doesn't give but, a fuck but dude that's like joe, I, I honestly i honestly think joe doesn't give a fuck he literally says i'll go back to doing my stand-up he has something right. to fall back on too. no but but that's you know, my, like, that's my point is is the status doesn't mean anything to joe this is just like a nice kind of side effect versus dave growing this thing if that was being threatened from a business relationship, it would immediately change its behavior. But Joe's saying no. If 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 the he literally says it like, if the business relationship is going to compromise who I am, then I don't want to be in that business relationship. I don't care if it sets me back to having no advertising, advertisers making no money. I'll just keep doing what I want to do, being who I am, and make no money because I actually like enjoy the art of it, sort of thing. So 
I don't say like the art of that. I think he just said like I'm still just going to talk. I'm still just going to do my thing, which is right. fine, good for him. Not yeah. everybody's like that, you know. No, I know, but I, it's like a. I, yeah, I guess I, I just like barstool sports. It explains why Joe has grown to the point that he has versus barstool. Like, if that same situation happened where they were on Spotify or something exclusively. Oh yeah, because and... it's also like, but think about it this way: even if they're exclusively on Spotify, it's not just one show. There's yeah. so much. There's so much more. It's such a more complex infrastructure. Right, but but it's it's a status thing too. Where if you're threatened and you're if you're totally status driven versus Joe, who is not as status driven or not at all, like, yeah, yeah, I have nothing to lose. Like, like that's where that attitude comes from, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's different though, because like we said before, he didn't build a multimedia empire. He built himself up and he built his brand up, his, not right, other people's. Just but if you, if you go back to their background though, like that very first kind of clips we or we we watched of them, like Dave Portnoy, and this is why he's successful. Like beyond just him being a funny, charismatic, like good, like good at what he does he is very like success driven clearly you know like Mm -hmm. he wants to make a lot of money he wants to be a cultural influence that is why it's also he's more prone to being manipulated by if things threaten that goal then he'll he'll succumb to that pressure versus joe is not as much that you know what i mean it's like if i'm influential like i guess that's cool like i just want to keep doing the things that i want to do basically um, and I kind of don't really care about the pushback so long as they don't um, they don't compromise my ability to to do it. But uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Th- those were the clips that I thought like stood out to me as far as like, you know, how much do these these men actually care about how their public uh, her perception is. But the other the other thing I wanted to move on to, let me share the the fucking slides again. Sorry, Cap, your your text, huh? I'm texting you. Oh, you are. Yeah. Dude, what do you have to do at nine thirty? I'm going to a friend's place. Just push back. I thought we were starting at seven. Just push back thirty minutes. All right, all right, all right. All right. We're, 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 we'll be done. You'll be fine. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like the fact that you know one is more the businessman, and like Joe is more the artist. In, in this podcast, I think it was funny how you kind of see the difference in what that has manifested as far as what they value. Do you know, do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, absolutely. So Joe seems to kind of value more like greatness. Like, are you good at a craft that you're, you've set your mind to? And he doesn't necessarily care about what, what the outcome is. Right. Uh, and Dave, on the other hand, he sort of Matt, like values like prestige and production, like what you're, you know, how much money have you made? What are the numbers of your thing? Which also relates exactly to, um, like, Joe's background is in MMA, mixed martial arts, and individuals, individual, uh, like, testing yourself as an athlete. Versus Dave, he likes team sports, which is, like, more binary, 
So there, there was, there was parts in this where I think, uh, like the first one, uh, so Dave like asks if, uh, Joe has any, has any dream guests or anything like that. And Joe kind of just was like, oh no, I don't really, I don't really care about that shit. I just like want to talk to anyone. All right, we're just going to go there. It's the best way to talk. It's the best way to communicate ideas. And so I don't communicate ideas in a piss poor way because I think that way sucks. And so if I get to do the best way all the time, which I do, why would I engage in the worst way? Like just back and forth with people on Twitter that just want to make you feel bad. Like not interested in that. Do you have any dream guests? No. None. Mm -mm. Never. No. I like talking to people. I don't care who they are. I mean, I like talking to my friends. I like talking to, I had a lady in recently that was a beekeeper. I saw that. Had a guy the other day that uh, he he has a giant piece of land, Alaska, and they're finding woolly mammoth bones. Like that, I like that. That's what I like. I, I like talking to fighters. I like talking to you. I like talking to whoever. I just like talking to people. It's fun. I, I like seeing how different people see this world. It enhances my perspective. I've gotten through this. That right there, positive. Unexpected. That right there is the summation of Joe Rogan, which I think is a good thing. Like you just said, Sorry, I you... like seeing it. He goes, I like seeing different people and how they see the world. Yeah. And that's what Joe Rogan does. He just, he, he's having a conversation with people. And that's also what draws a lot of people. It's like you, especially. It's like I, I joked in our group chat. It's my first time listening to a Joe Rogan experience. But after listening to five minutes, I completely understand the way your brain operates and the way you talk a little bit more now. Um, because like you said, it just, I just, I just want to talk to people. I want to be unhinged. I want to get their opinions. And that's, what's made him so big. It's right. different. It's completely different. Cause like, for example, like, let me show, how do you share your screen? Oops. Uh, let me use the, well, you gotta enable screen sharing. I have to enable it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Multiple purchases. Wait, no, not share. Simultaneously. Can you do it now? All right, tight. So now, this started off as a paper route. Can you see my yeah. screen? Yeah. Look, look at all these shows now. Yeah, no, it's a huge conglomerate at this point. And ex exactly. And then it, it also includes, now they have the score, which is Canada gambling. And then they also run Rough and Rowdy, which is its own boxing, um, like professional boxing uh, ring. I don't know if I'd call that. They, they, run a they run this massive golf tournament every year. It's a professional golf tournament. Right. Uh, they have companies that with like Pink Whitney, Big Deal Brewing, Brick Watches, Stell Blue Call. It's a massive, like it's it's a corporate umbrella. And so I know, it's, to, it's, it's very different to have that opinion. It's like I just want to talk about people and go to the world. Well, Dave's a businessman. Joe's a um what's the word I'm looking for here? He's a not a theologist. He's like he's a, an um, artist. Yeah, exactly. He just he just wants to talk and get to know people. Right. No, then we agree. I I I just think it's because Dave is a businessman and his mind is focused oh, 100%, on yes, the money exactly. and productions, that's how you see it like manifest the way we have versus mm -hmm. Joe is more focused just on, oh, I want to do what I want to do. I don't really care. I just want, I don't have any dream guests. I'll just talk who I want to talk to. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to say how I want to say it. I'll talk to who I want to talk to. If you don't talk to me, fuck you. Done. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. how we are. And that's like, there's nothing wrong with that. But right. they're two, like we said, it's it's hard to compare the two because they're just very different people. Yeah. No. So so and I will. 
the, un- the other interesting thing, though, is one being an artist and one being that business guy, as far as what they value. And this is one of the other like awesome parts of the podcast that I and it was the Tommy Fury part um, where you could That's see like no end. No, and I know, people, but I, I looked at the Jogan subreddit and they're like, Jesus Christ, Joe, shut the fuck so, up. So before, before you say you're frustrated by it, let's watch it again. But I want to preface this because when I listened to this and I was thinking about it, I was like, this is the perfect example of showing you how, as far as what these two dudes value, how it's so different. Joe, what he values is like general greatness. Like, and what I mean by that is, is this person good at their craft? Are they making people laugh on stage as comic, right? Are they, uh, you know, as a fighter, are they just literally their mechanics are great. They're kicking ass, ass. They might have not competed yet. But if you watch that person, you're like, that is a fighter. Uh, he doesn't care if, you know, you're renowned, what your record is. But Dave, on the other hand, he is more, you know, of that business mindset. Like, what have you done? What's your numbers? Like, what's your record? Mm-hmm. And so when they're debating this Tommy Fury thing, this comes out. And so I, I just want you to listen for this because I think it's like pretty, mm-hmm. it's pretty relevant to, to that. So uh, it was at 2.19.56. Okay, Wait, let me write it down when it ends. So I, this is kind of long. 2.19.56 to 2.22.40. I like Dave's stubbornness here. He's not a fighter. No, he's not. A no, fighter. no. This is hilarious. This is a hilarious <laughs> clips. But but do you remember what I just said? Like, listen. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. I, how I, how I, they evaluate Tommy Fury? How it's different? How Dave Portnoy thinks he should be evaluated versus how Joe Rogan thinks this guy should be evaluated? Because I think it's pretty enlightening on like who you know what these two dudes value and how that relates to to their back. I don't know why. You think so? Sure. Why? Because the money's right. If the money's right, they give him the right fight where it makes sense, like Tommy Fury. That's a good fight for him. Tommy Fury is not a real boxer. Of course he's a real boxer. No chance. He's a professional boxer. Is he a world champion? No. But he's it maybe he is. Is he? No. What is he? What is like Tommy Tommy? Fury? He might have some sort of a title. If he does, it's a name only. I, I saw Tommy Fury box. He is not a boxer. Well, he's definitely a boxer. Well, he puts on gloves. He's definitely a boxer. <laughs> is he a boxer like his brother? Well, no. Well, clearly, but you Tommy Fury would not we would not know who Tommy Fury was if his last name wasn't Fury. Probably we wouldn't know as much about him. I don't but he's still a good looking guy. He's built great. He, you know, he looks well, like are, a, he yeah. looks the looks the part. Looks the part, no doubt. But what I'm saying when I guess he's let a me, good journeyman boxer. Let me rephrase this. I'm not, I, I think Jake Paul would kill Tommy Fury and that wouldn't change. I don't know how good Jake Paul is, but I don't know. I don't know of any boxer who can bring enough to a Jake Paul so fight. Here's, here's Tommy Fury. You tell me this guy doesn't look like a boxer. You're out of your fucking mind. Who's he fighting? But I don't give a fuck, dude. Look at this. Look at this. He's fighting a professional boxer. The guy's fighting looks good. Dude, you're crazy if you don't think Tommy Fury is no, a boxer. Think- look at the uppercut. Shut the fuck up, dude. No. Shut the fuck up. Watch this. Find the Tommy Fury Fury fight. Dude, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. This guy cannot. Please shut the fuck up and watch this. Watch what he's doing. This motherfucker is 100% a boxer. Can you find me the record of Pokeyance? The record. Watch this. Look at this. 
Look at this. What is this that? guy? It's a fucking boxer, that man. That doesn't prove anything. Find me the r- record of Bokianski. Just, Just look at what he's doing. That's I don't give a shit. Look at the way he's delivering these combinations. He's 100% a boxer. No. Dude, you're high. You're no. fucking high. Look at the fucking Dude, look at this fucking punching ability. This is a Boston bar. Percent a legit boxer. You're out of your mind. No. If you look at this. What? Look at that right hand. That, was, that's a, that was in slow motion. No, I it's think. not slow motion. You slow that down. No, this no, is a no one's. It's a highlight reel. But look at his highlight reel. Look at his highlight reel. He is one hundred percent a legitimate professional boxer. If you don't think so, you're just being a hater. No, I'm not a hater. Dude, I'm telling you, he might not. He's not Dimitri Bivol. He's not Canelo Alvarez, but he is 100% a real boxer. I'd like to get the combined records of everybody Tommy Furious fight. I would guess there's the combined wins. But there is for sure. The combined record is also like four and 36. So Um, do you you think in, in that logic, I'm a golfer. I have good technique. I know what I'm doing. I look for the part I go out there and do it. Right. I'm not a professional golfer, but I'm damn good. I'm a golfer. Yeah. Dave, what he said, yes, he puts the gloves on. That was by far the funniest thing he said all episode. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just Dave, like, that's yeah. just his quick witness. Um, uh, but no, nope. it's like you said, though, because in Dave's eyes, Dave's is like, no, he's a shitty boxer. Dave's looking at the Canelos, like the Bevols, all those guys. Jogan loves the sport. Yes. he No, he's watching. He's observing this guy. And he yeah. is like, I don't care about the numbers or the prestige or whatever. I watch this and I make my determination versus in that, that interaction, Dave is like his defense is because he's more of that business mindset. No, no, no. His defense is what's his record? What's this guy? He's fighting his record. And Joe's just like, I don't give a fuck. Watch how he actually punches. Watch this, how, how he actually performs as a martial artist. No, I, I agree. It's, it's two different ways of looking at things. And I'm, cause I'm a business minded because also it's like you're an engineer. I work in sales. Yeah. I'm more business minded. I'd say you're more about the process. I'm more about results. Right. No, no, no. And, 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 no, they're it's not two different ways of like, exactly. But it's, it's amazing to see two dudes who they're on the polar opposite of that spectrum, both rise to where they're at having that diff- different perspective, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. and the other point or the other part of it is like, uh, I don't know. It it makes you kind of like wonder what like Dave, uh, like how he values other things type, type deal, you know, like, like you were, we were talking about before, as far as like his employees, like he might think someone's like really, really funny or something like that. But like, what are you actually producing for? For barstool, that is is the thing that matters, basically. Yeah. Well, it's a mixture. It's like there's some people, and he's even said he goes like some people like they're on the payroll, they don't do shit, but he's like I I, I can't take them off. And, yeah. But some people are like all right, they're on, you're on the payroll, you're trying, but like you're just not doing anything. And it's like you got to run a business also at some point. You can't just be charity. Yeah. No, I thought that that clip was like it best showed how these two dudes kind of because it started with like jake paul i guess whether or not he's good which dave was more on the fence joe rogan's convinced like this guy could like is a professional boxer and then it goes into someone who's lesser known and dave's like all right let's actually look at the numbers versus joe's just well because dave's also like dave would look at like let's say golf the corn fairy tour i'm not sure if you know what that is it's like a step below the pga tour those are technically professional golfers but david like that's not a fucking professional golfer 
Yeah. It's like he would say, like he'd be like, "Oh, minor league baseball, it's not a, that's not a major league player, that's not right. a professional ball player." But yeah. technically, the Joe be like, "Yes, they are." Watch him swing the bat. Watch him do this. It's just it's just different ways of looking yeah. at things. You know, you know, the best way to put it would be is Joe would if we sent him like three of the 40th Street podcast clips. He would be like, "Oh yeah, you guys are podcasters." If we sent them to Dave, he'd look at our numbers and be like, "You're not." Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, like, why is this bald guy eating red velvet cake for reviews? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, is, who is this guy? <laughs> you might, we uh, might want to edit that out. Actually, Mister Henry doesn't. That one. Henry doesn't watch. But the let me share my screen one more time, or actually multiple more times, but to the i meant to the powerpoint slides because this is the the like last kind of big contrasting in their personality that i picked up on and before we get into that though i do want to say joe talking fucking ufc and fighting for about an hour and a half straight and david's been like uh-huh yeah okay it was so it was so boring and so dumb yeah it's like no, I... he doesn't care just like they just like uh you could have talked about so many other great things there and how, like, Joe, I feel like it's so caught up in his own, we'll call it passion, I guess, is that he does, he pays, like, no attention to Dave during, like, the, the middle, like, hour and a half of the episode. Yeah. The first, like, hour was good. The last 40 was good. That middle part was just, like, what the fuck am I listening to? I, I thought the second half was solid, and then the first, I thought the first, like, 20 was pretty rough, but um, they're probably just, like... Yeah, like I said, I, like I said, I didn't love the episode in general. Yeah, um, but it was an interesting. I thought the last half was pretty good. good. Like when I when I listened to it, like overall. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so they're yeah. talking like, yeah, you know, Kanye is better. Alex Jones is being the voice of reason. Right. No. No. This is this is a great segue into what I wanted to get into was, this is the other big big difference I think in these two two cats, like Joe's background's more in MMA versus Dave like team sports, and personally I think kind of what that has given Joe the ability to do pretty well is have like, like bring a little bit more nuance to like his takes on things versus Dave. I think because it's like, who's the winner and loser, which is how team sports operates. Like it's more of a binary evaluation of shit. And this is, this comes up in, in the podcast and there's like a few examples of this. Um, The first one was with, Andrew Tate that I noticed, which was at 227.30, where I think Joe's well, you'll you'll you two or let me write it down again first. 227 30, 230. Actually, But it's like this is a contra controversial figure, you know, or everyone kind of knows. What are your thoughts on Andrew Tate? So we've talked about it before. I personally just think. He, uh, I mean, uh, are you talking about like, like the troubles he's in right now or the, the, the person I figure that he is? I don't think everything that he says is wrong. I think his way of delivering things and how he speaks is horrible. I think he's a fucking disgusting and terrible human being. I don't but some of the points. Yeah, I, I would. Have you seen the video of him beating the shit out of that girl? Apparently, that was refuted as role play. Whether or not it okay, would... Still, I, okay, still. If, if I'm doing role play, I'm not, I'm not fucking... Almost, 
smack me that fuck over she's crying it's like i don't know where the line like no no no, okay i'm just i'm just saying (laughs) what i heard like uh, that's beyond i i don't think i mean i think the guy's pretty i think he's more intelligent than people give him credit for and i think he's a product of like sort of the um the failures of current culture where like masculinity is kind of under attack but would I take advice from him? No. Do I think he is a interesting like cartoon character? Yes. Like <laughs> I think everybody says that. I think I mean if any I think most people would agree with that. Which like, am I gonna take advice from him? No, but it's like I'll I'll, I'll listen to it if it's interesting. But also but, like, but also the, the I the first thing I said is I think he's actually kind of smart. And the reason I say that is because he says some incis- insightful shit every now and then and you know, I think yeah, but just it's all the other shit that he says. So it's like that's right, but, so but, far lost. But you have to consider, and it's just like the Kanye shit. Sometimes that is them playing the game of how do I get in the headlines because any publicity is good publicity. I, I just personally think if you are this, like if you're a capable, smart person who's able to like amass a fortune. I, I mean, actually, him, it's kind of sketchy because he did some pretty f- fucking sketchy shit. But like, just generally, you're not subtly arrested for, for thoughts of human trafficking. Like, that's not just out of the that's, that's not out of the blue. Okay, well, that I mean, that's a little bit. I gave my take on that on the last podcast or two podcasts ago. So but, everybody should go listen to podcasts. What, what I'm saying is, is, is he he's not an idiot. He's like obviously be, like like made some money. Um, where when he says. Uh, controversial things they might be more calculated like and you can't necessarily say he actually believes that if he believed a lot of the fucked up shit he says then yeah like that's weird you know what i mean but you never know the motive is my point it's just like trump man like that's exactly yeah it's exactly what i'm thinking it's like like people like what does he actually believe and what does he not yeah it's it's easy to knee-jerk like, oh, they're a moron. This guy sucks. He's the devil. Or is this actually just some weird form of modern or postmodern marketing that is just going to be in existence that people have to be able to discern from here on out? Um, but anyways, what I, as far as Andrew Tate goes, there's a moment where, in, in well, how we started this, if you forgot, was Rogan has the MMA background, which is like extreme athletes. It's not like winner and loser is kind of not the interesting part. It's more like what's the general performance versus Portnoy's background is team sports. So winner and loser is kind of the whole point, like who's the champion. And I think this has allowed Rogan to kind of have a little bit more nuance to certain things when it's not as clear when there's like a winner and loser. When Dave, sometimes he's just like, is this person bad? Is this person not uh it, it's like a binary of approaching it and and when they discuss tate this kind of uh is apparent Terrible he hasn't story. dedicated his life because you watched him fight and he doesn't seem to he's on he was on uh, uh two and three that guy was two and three yeah so if you can really fight you take him out pretty quick there's Tommy a lot Fury. of guys that are two was, and three that are still good fighters he's on uh he's big brother yeah that's not a real fighter because he was on big brother yeah, because he's probably on big brother for publicity yeah, he was definitely on for publicity. Well, wasn't Andrew Tate on one of those fucking stupid reality shows too? Andrew Tate was a world-class kickboxer, world champion kickboxer. Like, it doesn't mean that someone sucks just because they're on some stupid reality show. 
Was he was Tate on before or after? I don't know. He was on Big Brother, I think. No, he was. I, he Wasn't got kicked off, I think. Yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. think of what do you think of all his stuff? I don't know what's happening, right? Like what is what what really happened and why is why is Romania going after him? Are they being pressured by someone else to do this? Like what what is the reason why they're doing it? And what do they have on him? I don't know. Yeah, well, that to me is the right answer. It it how nobody knows. A lot of people are acting like they know if you go read. Well, they want him, which to, is crazy. They want him to go down and they want him. He represents something. He represents toxic masculinity. He well, he is. He, he is sort of toxic. I mean, he says crazy. They stuff. seize his car collection as investigation continues. The one thing I don't get about this. Well, I do get. I understand people are actually like want the charges to be true, which is crazy because that would mean a lot of bad shit to happen to a lot of bad people. Yeah, I would rather the charges be correct. Uh, you know, look, Romania, I don't know what their system is like. I don't know whether they're corrupt. I've heard things, but I don't I don't have any real information. Uh, so I'd be talking out of my ass to say, you know, if he really did like sex traffic people, if he really did all the things he's saying, well, I hope that gets proven in court and I, I hope he gets punished if he really did that. If he didn't do that, I hope he gets exonerated and I hope he gets the fuck out of Romania. I don't know. I don't know what he did. I know a lot of what he does is theater, right? A lot of what he does is very like satire. He he plays the role of this boastful misogynist who smokes cigars and drives Lamborghinis. And that's his thing. And because of that, he's amassed an amazing amount of money. And he's done it by doing this character, this online persona, but then also says very wise things. He says ridiculous shit, mm -hmm. but also says really interesting things. He's a very smart guy. If you li listen to him being interviewed by Patrick Bet David, Patrick Bet David interviewed him. So if, if like in that clip, Andrew Tate, this controversial figure, right? Like Dave's impulse, or, or, or is he's brought up, he's like, oh, you know, what do you think about him? And Rogan, you know, he kind of goes back and forth. Oh, yeah, you know, but he's also toxic. And then Dave's kind of immediately just says, well, he is kind of toxic. But then Rogan brings a bit more nuance and says, yeah. yeah, those those traits are. But also he says, like, yeah, this guy has some wisdom that shouldn't be discounted, you know. And I, I don't know. I think that is maybe that sort of. uh like mindset or that way to like reflect or evaluate a person is because like Joe comes from this world where it's not as binary. It's, it's, you know, some people have something to give. They have their flaws versus like Dave, you know, there's winners and losers in like a lot of the things that, that he, so it's very easy to like jump on and say this. Yes, but I'm going to play a counterpoint to that because I don't disagree with what you're saying. But that's also kind of like how, like when Kanye is like Hitler wasn't necessarily the worst guy, like he had some good to him, but granted that's an extreme example of it. Right. So actually um, for that, that, that was my next clip I wanted to play. Dave didn't necessarily truthfully portray that. Uh, let's actually just play it because um wait one second oh, and also was... i mean i don't think there's anything to really portray there like with the whole kanye shit especially coming from a jewish person like a Dave's jewish i'm jewish just like i'm not giving that a second chance i'm not even like going to entertain that discussion in a, in a sense 
Like, oh, right. well, it wasn't totally wrong. It's like, no, like, fuck you, fuck that, done. Like, <laughs> okay. okay, let's just watch it because no, th- this was the second example I wanted to bring up as far as mm-hmm. like, is there any nuance here to be to be found? Who's more open to it? Is it Dave or Rogan? And you know, why might that be? You know, uh, it's good that someone like that is on social media because you get you get a chance for people to participate in the conversation. I agree. I I go I go back and forth. It's it because I am. You should go back and forth because you're a thoughtful guy. Yeah, because it's like super free speech. Yeah, like take Kanye for example. Mm -hmm. Like. I I'm Jewish. I I hate Kanye beforehand, but I I think he's anti-Semitic. Like the things he's saying bother me. And there's a lot of people in my mind who follow Kanye. They're rabid Kanye fans. And the things he starts saying to me can leak down. What is the the biggest thing that he said? I know I, I know in general. To me, it, it, Hitler wasn't a bad guy. That was crazy. Like I, I and what did he say? What was he exactly? He loves Hitler or something like that. He, he was he loves with, everybody. He was said? with Alex Jones, yeah. and Alex Jones was trying. Was also to, wearing a mask. Yeah, he was trying to throw him a lifeline. Yeah, Alex Jones was trying to. Alex throw Jones Kanye. was the voice of reason. Yeah, and he's like, no, you don't need Hitler. Was the guy's like, no, no, no. So, did you, did you actually watch the Alex Jones Kanye interview? No. So what just happened there, where they're talking about it? Joe is more accurate than Dave. I mean, it's it's not like I like I listened to the whole thing. Like Kanye didn't directly say Hitler wasn't a bad guy. He was heavily in like it could have been interpreted that way, but no, you said like, oh, Hitler did some decent things. No, no, no. What Joe said after when Dave kind of simplified in that way was correct. Kanye was saying he loves everyone. That was like the kind of context. And then what happened after that is like someone or I forget how Hitler was brought up, but then he's like, I love Hitler like impulsively as a way to kind of break that sacred cow type thing. Um, and I don't know, like the fact that Joe picked up on that from hearing about it versus Dave, his kind of just general takeaway was Kanye saying, Oh, this guy or Hitler wasn't a bad guy. I thought it was kind of telling where it was like, well, he didn't necessarily say he was a bad, he wasn't a bad guy. He said, I love Hitler, which kind of is like, you could take that from that. Cause, but if his more message was not about how he views Hitler, it's just more about him saying, I love Hitler because I love everyone and I'm trying to promote love. It's not necessarily connected. I mean, Kanye is not trying to promote love. <laughs> we'll no, but it's, it's, not a, it's not about his intention. My point is about what you would take from what, how like the interaction actually went right and joe rogan was more open to maybe the nuance when he said or he asked him about it and dave's like oh he said he's not a bad guy and then joe goes oh wait what did he actually say that he loves everyone and that he loves hitler like still it's like going back dave literally says he was like listen i'm jewish what like kanye said right but but that's more why would he yeah but it's like it's it's different when it's like a personal value he's i don't fuck the nuance at that point I don't know about that. I, I don't think that's personal, though. Uh, I think it's more. I mean, I guess if you're Jewish, you could take whatever you want, like you have your own thing. It's like if you're evaluating objectively, then mm-hmm. it makes sense. Uh, 
like what Joe is saying to bring more nuance to it makes sense than just saying, oh, he said, you know, I love any, anyone, therefore I love Hitner. That means he also said that this guy isn't, a, isn't bad. Type no, of. but he also said that later. He literally goes, okay, Hitler like, wasn't all bad. And it's like... Yeah, but that's not the same as he was. He wasn't a bad guy. That's the point. That's the nuance of it, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, When I when I heard that, I was thinking like, oh, this is kind of, um, like who who is who of these two like cats are kind of not necessarily being more honest because it's they're both the bright. You know what I mean? Talking like we said, like Joe Rogan, I definitely say is more open minded than Portnoy. But you're also even... talking now. It's not open. It's it's evaluating certain things, but it's also it's the fact that it's like Dave's more, more like by the numbers by the book. He's also Jewish in the scenario. He's not going to be listening for shit like that. Right. He doesn't care. I guess what I know. but what I what I started this was it was as an example of like, I guess who is more open to the nuance perspective and how that relates to maybe a more binary like team sports background versus Joe, who it's kind of, I guess it's more of a spectrum. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, that was like one point to that, uh, yeah. dude. But actually, the where I, where I think kind of the team sports perspective, perspective, by the way, like this was probably the best take of the podcast. I don't know if you had one that you thought was the best, but it relates to the elections. Um, it's pretty short, actually. It was at two forty nine twenty, uh, and you might not agree with it, but I totally agree with Portnoy, like a hundred percent in this circumstance. But this is like where I think the team sports, like who's the winner, who's the lo- like the loser, like totally makes sense. Uh, did I, I'm not sharing. Fuck. You see this? Yep. Question. My th- my issue with it is you alluded to it. I I think both sides. This is and, and this is actually sort of sad, but my view of politics, both sides are equally treacherous, and they're both going to do whatever it's they a can. Dirty win. world. Yeah, they're gonna, both going to do whatever they can win to the election. So if one side's cheating, I think the other side's cheating. For sure. So guess what? Whoever wins and cheats the best, whatever, game's over. That's it. They they out cheated you if you want to say that. Unless you can show that right. they cheated but, but, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So that I want to show that because we're talking about nuance and the other thing, like, oh, is it either or? Is it a binary thing? That is an example where who gives a fuck about nuance? It's like it's true. It's if you who won, who got more yeah. votes? Yeah. Who won? Who got more votes? And if cheating is an acceptable thing, which yeah. both sides cheat, I, then... I think Portnoy has very, very good takes on politics because yeah, I totally I'm not a left, I'm not right. And he goes, both sides fucking suck. Yeah, um, and yeah, yeah. No, uh, that that was the the best take I thought of the whole show. I laughed out loud when I first heard that because it's it's so, and and that's actually a thing that i think rogan after i heard that i kind of thought maybe dave has a better or not better but maybe a more advanced perspective because a lot of people like to kind of like view a lot of the political shit in this lens of like 
oh, it's like this sacred institution we should observe in a certain way. But if you view it as like, just like any other kind of game, which is how he kind of portrayed it, where there's a winner, there's a loser, there's one team, there's another. Is if that's what how it's presented it, maybe it shouldn't. We could disagree on that, but that's how it is. Then this is how we should evaluate it, which I think is totally accurate. Like I wish it that wasn't it. I, I wish it was. You know what I mean. But if that's how it is, then that's how we should should view. I guess. Yeah. I also think one of the funnier parts was Dave was on there for three hours and got to maybe a quarter of his cigar. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even know. Dude, I was just listening. I didn't watch it, like, video-wise. Well, you can, you can also just tell, like, he's not, he even says, he's like, I'm not a cigar smoker. Except for the beginning, he's like, how does your stay lit? <laughs> but at the end, he's still holding, like, most of it. And I think at that point, Jurgen has gone through, like, a cigar, like, a joint, like, a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no, it was, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, actually watching those, because I hadn't watched them physically, brought a little bit of a different different vibe to it, but I I was fascinated because I personally just think these two dudes are probably top 10, I'd even say, most influential people in the world. And the reason the I world? say that, yes. Okay. Well, my take was that it's kind of what I said before is what like what drives what? And the truth is, is culture drives everything. And if your culture is driven by a certain demographic of people like late teenagers to early forties males, these guys are, I agree with all that, but there's not a chance it's the world. Okay. But, but America is kind of the cultural engine of the world. In, in our world. Uh, Go to India. Go to China. Right, fine. Uh, fine. I'll, I'll compromise. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you, you might be right there. Um, no, I'm right. I, I guess <laughs> I just I just view it like I, I but I get what you're saying, how you're saying culture, they are in, in regards to culture, they are two of the most polarizing figures there are. And culture not only inspires change, but culture drives it drives a lot of different things in the world and in the countries. Yeah. And in order to be change that, they have the ability to do that. Yes, I agree with what I agree with the sentiment of what you're saying, yeah. but world was just outlandish. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, the world is a bit of a stretch. I guess I just kind of have this personal pers- or belief that, it's like, sort of being American. <laughs> no, American <laughs> American culture. We outsource that to the world. It's not accepted everywhere. Like, it's mostly prominent in like, you know, Canada and Europe and shit. <laughs> so it's more significant. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get it's more saying. significant than other cultures export what they say. In which yes. case, oh, we're exporting bar stool. But you're right. It's not, you know. The, it's not like people in fucking the Middle East or you know who Joe Rogan or David. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But as far uh, as like uh, here, I would easily say top 10. And for the same uh, reason. And if we're talking just culture in the country, I'd argue top five. Yeah. 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 It's I mean, very. Sure it's, there's some celebrities and stuff up there, but like, yeah. No. Well, the problem is, is, and this is why they're so big and why people might argue is, like what's actually popular now is, is it the conventional shit? It's like the people on ESPN, the people on, you know, ABC or NBC no, or it's the these... people change. It's like, it's the edgy stuff. Exactly. It's the people on the internet who are running the show and being themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing I wanted to ask you about Dave or, or I don't know. 
do you, do you kind of think that he's changing personally, like growing out of certain things? Because there was a part of the show I don't I don't mm-hmm. know the time things where or the timestamp where he was talking about like having a girlfriend and going to that Miami party, mm-hmm. where it sounded like it was he was like more reserved than he would have been. Yeah, well, I think it's also he, he's at a different time in his life right now, like. He's not used to having these multi-millions of dollars right now. He has to spend a certain amount of time in Florida to make that his home state. Like when now, because like the IRS is obviously watching him. because he, he, he literally says, I'm going to live in Florida just for purely for tax reasons. So when he's at Florida at his desk, behind him is a sign that says tax haven. Yeah. It's kind of funny. But then it's like, he's also, he's learning the life down there. He's just, he's just a bit more, not even cautious because he got invited at Masvidal barbecue. He's like, I don't know people there. Can I bring my girlfriend? What do I do here? Yeah. And I think he's just trying to be a, a responsible human being at that point. He's not, she's not just a single day. I don't give a fuck about whatever. Right. I'm going to go do my thing. It's like, no, I also I have a, a serious girlfriend. Like I care about her and I'm just going to, he's growing up. Yeah. That's no, that's yeah. why I wanted to ask. Cause I mean, bro, like they're both like, or at least both their fan bases. And also like, there's, they're kind of like these man children who they don't care about that. Uh, like, traditional civility you're supposed to portray yourself as you know uh mm-hmm. and for their age people would say like what the heck is that they should grow up like like exactly what you just said and like because of that i personally think like are they promoting like degenerates in the culture like in the society to a point where it's not healthy and have they maybe realized that or is that not the case and are they like responding accordingly? I don't know. Like a lot of a lot of the uh, a lot of people who are fans of Joe, like are like stoners who kind of, you know, find like doing a lot of drugs acceptable because of it. And likewise, like Dave Portnoy, like they're like frat guys who. But I think Dave's also expanded. Where like because Dave's become such a polarizing figure. He's on Fox News and he's on Money Talk. Sure, sure, right. But because even like my dad will be like, "Oh, you see what Dave said? Like he he made a good point about this, this, and this the other day." Yeah, like I guess what I'm saying is like, I don't think it's inarguable. There's like a certain amount of like degeneracy that they somewhat promote, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like like it's it's being different, being yourself. Yeah, like which is everyone maybe should be a little degenerate to some extent it keeps you kind of on edge arguably like we shouldn't all just be like have a stick up our asses you know joe talks about doing shrooms and getting high to like oblivion and then you know dave does his sports frat shit but like i i I don't know i i guess i personally have wondered whether or not that's overall the healthy message so beyond how uh, like Barstool is portrayed, maybe Portnoy's even realized personally, like I shouldn't necessarily promote that because that's not helpful to my my consumers. You know what I mean? Like I've gotten old enough where I shouldn't tell these kids they should just be like fucking hot chicks. And yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like exactly. That was one one thing I was wondering. Like, is he growing out of that kind of? Yeah. Well, one hundred percent he is. Yes. Yeah. And like, is he even like, he'll talk about Miami now. Like, it's like, I don't want it. He's like, I'll go out sometimes because Silvano wants to go out. I don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Because he'll talk about that. So, like, he'll literally take like Silvano and all her friends out to dinner and out to the clubs. And he's like, I just, he's like, I'm sitting there. I don't want to be there. But you know, like, I'm being a good person. It's like, where earlier, he'd be like, fuck yeah, let's go. I'm going to find the hottest girl here. I'm going to go fuck her. And I'm going to go, like, do my own thing. Yeah. 
yeah it's it's interesting because i don't know dude uh i think back in college following rogan and barstool and it totally validates your decisions you know like the whole let's just go party or let's go do drugs or let's fucking go find chicks and shit and so when you had an older influence that was promoting that it is validate validating um but naturally it's like that part like i guess maybe the like the original people that did this were like rock stars like the rolling stones and shit and they kind of like you don't want to end up like that (laughs) <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't I want think to Dave be... sees that too he's like I'm getting older I'm getting in like I'm slowing down like I need to watch out for myself he was like he's like I don't drink that much anymore yeah and it's like he's like he's like I've made it like I'm I've done my party I've done all this and I feel like everybody else hits that point in their life yeah yeah no no we're kind of uh maturing along with these figures even though they're like 20 years older than us exactly yeah but anyways, right. do you have anything else you want to fucking touch on? Nothing. No, I think we did a good job covering. Like I said, I thought it was it was a good introduction for me to kind of see how Joe Rogan operates, see how the brain operates. I didn't think it was the best interview. I think it, like I'll I'll send you some older episodes of like the Dave Portnoy show where he starts going off on things and like the way he like explaining things. You could tell the passion that he has and the way he views whether it be certain situations or things that are happening. Uh, I do think like there's a little bit of walking on eggshells. But all in all, like I thought it was definitely some good insightful conversation. And so it was a productive usage of three hours, even though I still think a three hour podcast is ridiculous. Dude, you gotta, that's why you gotta be doing it during like an MMA lesson or in Dave's case, like while you're watching some parlay fail or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, no, dude, that well, it was uh, this was fun. Are you are you like headed out now? Yeah, I'm gonna end my dry January right now. I made it to six days. All right. Well, let me know if you're headed back or out here next weekend. Next weekend, I don't think I will be. Okay. Well, I turned 29, so. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks. I just learned that. No, I sent it in a text message. You didn't respond. Oh, yeah, you did. No, yeah, you did. You talked about the bonfire. Correct. 40 Street Bonfire. Yeah. If you're in uh, Newport and you hear this, <laughs> feel free to show up. Yeah. Uh, cap won't be like, was that thing in H- that Huntington thing, like the, the kickback? Remember that turned into the riot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good shit. All right. All right. Yeah, this was fun as fuck, dude. Thank you so much. Uh, pleasure. We got to do something or we got to think about something other way we could do this. I, I really enjoyed this, actually. I probably, dude, I probably thought way too much about analyzing this than I should in one lifetime. This is probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever done. But, dude, it was really fun. Thank you so much for joining me. All right, Matt, it is always a, D's, it is always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it easy, Cap. All right, later, brother. Later. <laughs>